You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Uh, welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And when we look into the future, we look into understanding where all of this is going. A lot of what we have to think about is, you know, how can we reimagine or even reinvent the solutions that we have to solving problems that, let's just say, some of them have been around since the beginning of time. Some of them have been born on the internet during Web 1. Some of them born on social networks, content creation in Web 2. And some of them are problems that are going to arise here in Web 3 as well. But I think it's important for us to just to recognize that, you know, throughout this process and throughout uh, what we're working on, you know, innovation is not only needed, but we are going to have failures. We're going to have trials and tribulations. Uh, but the beauty is supporting and amplifying uh, those that are doing great things. We're going to have a fun conversation on uh, a little bit of that and, and a lot more. But before we do that, we have to give a shout out to our sponsor, uh, Crypto Business Conference. Crypto Business Conference is happening in beautiful San Diego, California, October 9th to the 11th. Uh, if you want to learn anything, Web3, NFTs, crypto, even creator coins, definitely check it out. I'll talk a little bit more about that um, at the end of the podcast. And, you know, as we're kind of counting down, as we're getting a little bit closer to our, uh, you know, 365, the end of season one, you know, we're doing a little throwbacks, of course, to, uh, to you know, NFTs that we're minting since we're buying an NFT each and every day. And so this one today goes back to number 299. And it was uh, on, you know, September 6th. And we minted the NFT Stadium IO uh, project, which is is with Poker Go. And you know, most of you know I, I had a background after I left my my government gig uh, that I worked for a decade. I played semi professional poker for uh, a couple years, and I actually know the team over there at Poker Go. And I thought that the idea of what they're building is actually really fun. Where not only are you getting different cards and you know, just like me on poker, I don't always get the best starting cards. We have Jack three as our, our starting cards, but everyone gets starting cards. They're doing kind of like a stadium uh, collaboration uh, approach. And I think it's really creative. Uh, I believe they have about a hundred or 150 uh, NFTs that are left of their uh, initial creation, but just thought it was a really fun, um, you know, project that is doing some really innovative things that I think uh, we can all look for. So definitely excited to have them uh, as part of our package. So now we got all of that beautiful stuff out of the way. It's time for me to welcome in our guest, Maggie. Thanks so much for joining us uh, on the podcast today. Uh, introduce yourself, give the audience a little bit about your background, and then we'll get into the conversation. All right. Hello, everyone. Um, so yeah, I am Maggie, Maggie Zhu, and I am part of GMGN DAO. So GMGN is good morning, good night. It's a very Web3 memeable name for this DAO. And excited to be here. Um, my background is actually uh, <laughs> kind of like Brian. I had a corporate job for a long time. So I was a lawyer. 
before I entered the tech space. So trained as a corporate lawyer, practiced for a couple years. And then uh, what I realized is, you know, it's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I was kind of a little lost, to be honest. And, you know, I just quit my job. I actually backpacked around uh, a lot of different countries. I've been to about 30 countries, um, spent a whole month in Africa, Middle East, actually submitted Kilimanjaro as well. And then through that journey, you know, it nature really teaches you that if you can summit the tallest mountain in Africa, you can <laughs> go pick up a new skill and, you know, really pave a new different career path for yourself. So it's around that time that I discovered Ethereum, smart contract. And, you know, just because of my legal background, I kind of grasped that concept of if two people enter into a contract, you actually don't need lawyers to go and execute that contract. You can rely on, you know, just computers to go and execute it. I thought that was such a cool idea. And so I started going to all the different conferences, meetups. This is back in early 2017. And, you know, that's when I discovered uh, Decentral, which is, so I'm based here in Toronto, Canada. And Decentral is at the time the largest um, blockchain infrastructure company in Canada. So I joined the company and it was just a really steep learning curve, you know, learn about how tokens work, how wallets work. I would say, you know, to anyone out there who's thinking about learning more about the industry, getting involved in like a side project or a DAO or, you know, just any part-time gig is really the best way to learn about a space. Um, and yeah, so from there, you know, I started in business development just because I didn't have any tech a background or skills. And that was really the easiest area. And then moved into the marketing. So I actually put together um, a VIP uh, event in New York City, we had a giant yacht, we had a thousand of, you know, blockchain founders, and then execs, we have like 200 partners project that came on a yacht. And that was the launch of our new product, which is called Jack's Liberty Wallet. And at a yacht, we gave away two luxury cars. Everyone had a bracelet. It was like a really big event. Um, so after that, I got really interested on a product end. So I actually went back to school, learned about product design, development, um, and yeah, eventually became the CEO of the company um, and started learning more about on the strategy side and a lot of the investor relations. Um, and then last year was when uh, I left the company, I left Decentral, and I got really interested into NFT and also DAOs. To me, that's, you know, the new way of really getting outside of the DeFi space and getting into the hands of the mass consumers and the mainstream users. And yeah, so I think um, it just ties in really well with what GMGN does, which is kind of tying in the NFT with the DAO membership, with the physical consumer end as well. Wow, I, mean, I love I love the background. We have a, we have some definitely some similarities in the you know our love for travel. We you know the past corporate uh, you know life. I had you know uh, one of the highest civilian clearances you could get with the government. Did a lot in the Middle East uh, as well. You know the question I always get. You know I've been you know had the luxury of of traveling to uh, a bunch of countries as well. What, what what's your favorite country you visited? I have to ask since I get asked that a lot as well. Oh, that's a always oh, a hard question. Um, so I really enjoy Tibet. Tibet ah. is one of those countries that 
first of all, it's hard to get in. Like you need, you know, a specific certificate or a visa to get in. But it's basically, um, it hasn't really changed in probably like a thousand years. So if you want to time travel, <laughs> if you want to see how people lived back then, it's one of those countries. Same was, so I went to, um, when I was in Africa, I went through like Ethiopia, Tanzania, and a big part of it, it was also like that. So to me, that's really um, interesting. Just kind of seeing how people lived um, without all the different technologies. Like yeah. I like to live the extreme life. So yes, I'm in tech, I'm in crypto. I follow <laughs> all the newest development. But at the same time, very spiritual. I love like yoga, meditation. So for me, like off the grid life is also a big part. It's a good balance. Um, nice. So yeah, so that was a part. And then also Japan. Japan's just one of those uh. places where I absolutely adore just like how much attention they pay uh, to all the different details. Oh, I love that. And shout out to Japan. We actually got uh, an email yesterday uh, that our podcast just broke in the top 20 uh, in Japan. Uh, oh, I so I, we, I actually, I got a, a couple of DMs over on Instagram from some of our listeners that are there. And they're like, you're big here in Japan. And I was like, I am. And literally within the same day, uh, I got an email from Spotify that we are, uh, you know, so shout out to all those that are in Japan. I've been to uh, Japan many times as well. Uh, and I, there's a couple of those I haven't been to, so I'm going to have to uh, check that out. Bahrain is always uh, the one that I, I, I just love the Middle East. I'm obsessed with just the Middle East. I spent a lot of, a lot of time there as well. And, you know, I'm curious, you know, I, we're going to get into the, like the Dow front end conversation, but I love, you know, as you're explaining your path, I think one of the things that I've, you know, this, you know, we've, we've been uh, kind of looking back as we're kind of uh, bringing season one to a close and, you know, the different people we've had on the podcast with different backgrounds and different approaches, but we're really like different entry points and kind of finding their space. You know, I'm curious, you know, 2017 was, I would argue most of us didn't even think anything other than, oh yeah, that Bitcoin play money thing uh, exists. Right. And, you know, I, I had the luxury of, I w I've been speaking on blockchain itself since 2016, because that's my background on cloud computing and data centers and, and that world. I'm curious for you as someone that has that experience, 2017, all in kind of learning, you know, fresh into that space, you know, yeah. becoming the CEO and then kind of coming out of it. What are some of the things that you know, like through that 2017, you know, till now that can help us kind of like add perspective to this journey. Cause you know, although 2017 isn't that long ago, it's definitely long ago as far as, you know, blockchain adoption and such. How do you look at kind of like this entire landscape from when you first got in to where we're at today? So I feel like if you've been in crypto for a couple of years, you see that every year it's a new trend, so to speak. 2020 is definitely the year, sorry, 2022 is definitely the year of uh, if you cough, people might get scared. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad we're on Zoom. That's Not true. scaring anyone. Um, so 2017 was the big like ICO bubble, right? So that's the year, you know, a lot of people heard about blockchain. You're like, oh, it's just a new way of raising money. What I've seen is that um, if you stick long enough, so 2018 was something called STO, which is that security token offering. Yep. And then 2019, we started coming on to the whole DeFi, right? That's when a lot of like Uniswap or Aave started coming up. And then 2020, you know, was kind of like the NFT started coming up. And then last year, 2021, NFT got bigger and then the DAO started coming out as well. So I feel like every year there's this new um, trend or momentum of different projects in the space that start emerging. 
And to me, that's just so exciting because I think like, you know, when I first got into blockchain, that was everything. That was my entire life. Like I studied everything. I learned like I didn't really go out for a year. I just, <laughs> that was really my life. I'm sure you maybe had yes. some moments. Um, but now, like a big part of what I think about is how do I draw the parallel between this technology and my day-to-day life? Um, and I think that's really the best way for people, the mass market, to understand this tech and to think like how to best integrate it. So a big trend I'm seeing this year is, you know, for consumers, it's not, you know, first of all, it's becoming easier for them to get a wallet and to, you know, buy NFT. It's becoming easier than ever, which is great. Um, And then second of all, they don't actually have to invest uh, per se. They can, you know, contribute their time and effort in return for a token or something else. And so that's like another way for people to start learning about a space without putting in like financial needs. So there's all these different angles that I'm seeing that I think it's just going to start getting more mainstream adoption. I love that. And it's such a great you know point of this, right? And actually many of our listeners, you know, we've heard, you know, we through the first part of this year, first six months of this year, we did a, uh, a proof of podcast uh, NFT. So if you listened, uh, you know, every day and you, you got four of our questions correct, we actually airdropped you an NFT uh, each month for those that were getting it. And we had a couple of people that said they've had four NFTs before they've invested or even created a, a main net wallet as we were doing on, on one of the layer twos uh, with Rally. And I thought that's such a, it's such an interesting, per, you know, uh, conversation because I feel like one of the things that, you know, I've always struggled with is that as soon as we add the financial component to the entry point or even to the vision of success, it mm-hmm. changes kind of our relationship or how we uh, approach things. So I, I'm so glad you brought that up. And you know, I, that actually ties perfectly into like, you know, background with, you know, as a lawyer, as someone that's gone with blockchain and now talking a little bit of DAOs, you know, I, I jokingly can say my expertise in DAOs comes from the fact that I've been a part of really bad ones, like multiple, <laughs> like I can give use cases on, um, you know, ones that were sold as a DAO that were not, you know, didn't really understand what really mm-hmm. autonomous meant or even, you know, what, what did it mean to actually build something that is kind of web three enabled. And then I've also kind of walked down that path where, you know, if every NFT project is needs to think of themselves as a business, you know, now the DAO component is a really interesting kind of intersection. Can you talk a little bit about how you look at, you know, DAOs, why, why DAOs are kind of an exciting, you know, kind of add on or even kind of bridge beyond uh, what, you know, traditional NFTs are? Absolutely. So Brian, that's a really good point. I think, you know, especially this year, there's a lot of buzz around DAOs, a lot of projects. So long they have a discord, they're calling themselves a DAO. <laughs> which isn't exactly correct. They right? call themselves a DAO and they call their Discord a community. And I don't think they've got either one of those correct. So it's exactly. not funny that you that up. <laughs> so um, I, I think like if we just step back, uh, a DAO at its core is just a group of people that has a common interest. However, that also have a shared bank account. I, I think that's really the main thing about a DAO is that, you know, when you pull resource together, you can raise money from the community from angels or from your NFT sale. And then you have this shared ledger. So, you know, we use Gnosis, for example. And then you have this group of people that are all part of this DAO and they can vote on how this shared asset is being used. I think that's the part that's missing in a lot of these other projects that call themselves a DAO. Um, And, 
you know, there's different types of DAOs out there right now. So the most common one is the investment DAO. So that's like Flamingo DAO, the Lao. I think that's what a lot of people know DAOs for. And then the second type is more, um, I call them like DeFi DAOs. So like Uniswap has a DAO, right? Like Decentraland has a DAO, Aave has a DAO. But those DAOs, a lot of them is based solely for, okay, you know, for our next like database upgrade, what should the protocol be? So it's very technical. So it's not really for the average everyday user. And then the third type of DAO is actually what we're building at GMGN, which is this e-commerce or consumer DAO. And what we're doing is, you know, a DAO is this concept, this idea. It's not very tangible. But if we can tie it with a physical product, say your coffee, or your cereal, uh, or a chocolate bar. So all of these are basically product partners of the GMG and DAO. Now we're saying, okay, so every time you go and you buy our cereal, uh, we have a marketplace built on Shopify. Now you're starting to earn points. And this is not a a foreign concept. When you go to Starbucks, you earn like Starbucks rewards card or rewards point. You have like air mile points. So like as you're gaining these points, you're actually accumulating a point. So later you can redeem for a membership in this DAO. And this is this whole concept. You don't have to pay your way in. You can basically contribute or even you can consume your way into a DAO. Um, and, you know, like I'm sure you have a lot of questions, but I can walk through I, my different I, parts of being in the DAO. I, I love the you know, I, I love the different like kind of entry points, right? I think that's such an important component, right? Because you know the I think one of those big components of a DAO is that it really is a bottom up approach rather than kind of a, a top down. And I, I think a lot of DAOs, at least my experience with DAOs, they they want to approach it where it's kind of like you know equality and this idea of you know empowering people for tokenized voting. But then there's they they kind of fall into the rich get richer or whoever is the biggest whale, whoever has the most money that bought the most uh, voting power. And let's face it, that's word might as well just go back to web two, you know, structure in, in that point. So I love that you kind of you know brought up those different uh, you know kind of components that that build within a DAO. I'm curious, you know, from that you know direct to consumer, right? I think the one of the things I love about Web three is that we don't have to reinvent anything, right? Just we can use the you know the example that's overused, but it's still important. You know, Uber didn't you know uh, invent the idea of hailing a car that was called a taxi, right? They they what Uber did for that is simplified it, add technology, integrated you know uh, our business and our and a lot of our livelihood. That you know I went from working in the government where we had to have a rental car because we of my security clearance when I traveled to because the, the Uber was connected to our, our corporate account and they could track things that the Uber all of a sudden, you know, simplified my world as traveler. Right. And I think one of the things that we have to look at is like, you know, what about rewards uh, are as an entry point, but then also if we really care about solving, serving our customers, if we really care about our customers are always right or, you know, we can get Burger King credit for that. But the idea that, you know, we want to listen. Well, now we have the opportunity with DAOs to actually empower that, right? And I think that's where you're going there with the GMGN. I'm curious for those brands that you're talking to about, like, you know, using their rewards to entry point. Is Are they excited to get into Web3? Are they excited to, um, you know, entry point a DAO? Where is their, like, where is their kind of like their aha moment as they kind of work with you guys? Got it. Okay. So... Uh, first of all, when we pick our vendor partners, there are a few different um, 
pillars that we uh, stick with. So one of it, like our core value is we really care about our health. We care about, you know, the planet, right? Like we're here for a long time. And so the products we look at, um, so for example, the cereal partner that we have, they're very low in sugar and they're higher in protein than the normal cereal you buy in the supermarket. And so for, you know, the listeners or just the average day user, it's so much healthier for you to buy this cereal. And so when we talk to a partner like that, you know, we walk them through our model. And at first, you know, a lot of these partners, they're interested in Web3. Like currently, they might be selling on Shopify. They already have, you know, their current audience. They want to expand, right? Like that's during the market to reach more consumers. That's what they do. And that's how we can help them. We're saying that, look, instead of you being on Instagram and Facebook ads and being your own marketing, if you become a partner with our DAO, we basically enable everyone in our community to be part of your marketing team. Like, think about that. Like, nice. you just went from a one-person marketing team to, like, you know, a 3,000-person marketing team, right? Wow. And, and how we do that is because for everyone who's part of this DAO, um, so every single product we sell, so, like, for all these different cereals or chocolate bars, we sell on the Shopify website, all the product, a portion of that revenue goes back into a pool. And that pool is shared among everyone who's in the DAO. And that kind of goes back into the ethos of the DAO as well, which is, you know, this is a community. We're all building it together. If we spend our time or if we tell uh, our friends about it, we should be rewarded for that contribution, right? Like it shouldn't just be that one company uh, or that one supplier who gets all the game, which is kind of the current system, you know, like as a consumer, you're not really getting rewarded. Um, right. So I think it ties really well with the whole ethos that, you know, if you contribute, we recognize that and we'll have a back end dashboard actually that tells you here's the specific target actions you can do. And when you've done each target action and we can track it, then you're going to get rewarded by you're going to get a share in this revenue from all the products sold. I love that. I love that. And I, you know, I've my, a lot of my business has been on the influencer marketing, affiliate marketing side of the house. Right. And mm-hmm. I think we definitely need that space reinvented uh, and, and also kind of removing a lot of the barrier to entry. Right. I, for me as a creator, I was blessed because of my network that unlocked a lot of influencer deals uh, for content creation and, and word of mouth and amplification, but that wasn't everyone. Right. And they they almost, you know, you had to have the, the following or be verified on social, yeah. whatever that may be. And that's, that's a mistake because we know the power of, of not only micro influence, but word of mouth. And, and, you know, and today I think more so than ever before we trust people that we can relate to. Right. And I think those are the ones that you're empowering there. And I love that like idea of, you know, it's, you know, it's not only, it's kind of like engage and share and amplify to earn. And I think that's a, a, an important component here. Um, One of the things that I think, you know, we, we use the word token and I think for a lot of people, they forget that the T in non-fungible token is the T in NFTs is token because in you know the DAO conversation, a lot about it is about tokenized governance, right? The idea that you know we're able to use our tokens to vote or to you know um, you know kind of provide uh, input. But for for some that like for those that are kind of in the NFT space, they're like, wait, am I burning? NFTs for those that are in the crypto space, they're like, wait, am I? I have to pay my money that I have in crypto tokens to uh, to to vote. 
talk to me a little bit about how like that tokenized kind of governance works and how you guys kind of translate that. Cause I think that's a very big misconception on kind mm -hmm. of how DAOs use that kind of governance. Right. Okay. So uh, you don't have to burn any token to vote. <laughs> There's already a lot of platforms out there where it's called token gated, right? So for you to hold that token, it basically, it's kind of like your password to even log into this website. And then there's different proposals that's already on there. And if you hold a token, then you get a vote. And depending on the different governance structure, then, you know, it might be a simple majority. So like 51% can pass that vote. Or sometimes you can vote on different ones as well. And um, I think the other interesting point is on this e-commerce website, we're going to make it token gated as well. Meaning, um, you know, just like any Shopify website, the public can come and they can buy the product. However, okay. if you hold a specific NFT, uh, then when you connect your wallet, you're going to get specific discounts or perks that only you have. So, for example, uh, we're partnering up with uh, this NFT co community called OnChain Monkeys. And, you know, big shout out to Amanda okay. and Biotai for that. Um, so for them, you know, the holders that have the OnChain Monkey NFT, when they come onto our Shopify website, they're going to get 20% off for these products, right? And that's just one example. We're also partnering with Fame Lady Squad. Same thing. If you hold your NFT, you're going to get specific discount. So I think that just makes it more empowering for the people who are, because I think for the people who hold these tokens, there's two types. One is, you know, obviously they're in for the investment. They think it's going to go up, so they hold a token. But I think the other type is that people who really believe in the project, who believe in that vision. Yep. And those are the people that we want to reward. It's like same with GMGN. Like you're here because, you know, you uh, believe that our vision of when we get. Um, so like for us to really get that mainstream adoption, we believe that we have to go through the products that people use every day. And that's the easiest way to really onboard them onto this new technology. And, you know, as you're buying these different products, you're earning points. And then they can start using your points to start like actually influencing the products, like how the products are made, how the products are being marketed or delivered. Like that's a very empowering thing for the everyday consumer. And so, you know, for um, people who are part of our DAO, they believe in that vision. Uh, and those are the people we want to reward. I mean, I think everyone wants, you know, their voice to be heard or have a say, especially in the things they're passionate about. Uh, and I love that you're working on Chain Monkey. Shout out to them. Fame Lady Squad. We've had that entire team. Board Becky was one of my very first guests yeah. uh, oh. way back on. And we had Data and we had uh, NFT Ignition uh, on the show as well. So uh, we are we are big fans uh, of that community and, and what they're doing. And actually for our merch, like for our community, for our merch, we've actually token gated uh, our merch with our Shopify store as well. So if you hold one of our NFTs that you bought uh, back in December of last year, you have a different Shopify uh, storefront with exclusive merch compared to the public front door or those that just hold our coin. So I love that, like that integration. I, and I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. A lot of this token gating, a lot of this um, ability for us to provide additional downstream value really is great for not only the holder, but for these brands, right? The brands that are, I believe, transparent and truly want to innovate 
and work with their customers. This is everything, right? The ones that are scared of this are the ones that have been selling unicorns and rainbows and BS for far too long. And, you know, it's my own, my own personal opinion, but I, I just think, you know, part of this comes down to like, we can now as brands and your partners can back up the saying of like, community is the future of business and we believe in our customers and we want to, we want to listen to what our customers have to say. So I, I, I love that. And I, I tip my hat to the partners that are are jumping on because the more that are are jumping on as early uh, adopters, they're going to inspire the other brands and a lot of those other people, you know, as well. I'm curious from the lawyer side of your background, as well as kind of that blockchain side, there, there seems to be some concern for those getting involved in DAOs on kind of how all of that kind of fits in depending on the country you live in or, mm-hmm. um, you know, where does it show up on, you know, as far as, you know, idea of a security or, or kind of that balance of, you know, is, is what am I buying, you know, getting me something that might uh, be something that I have to, you know, share down the road. How do you kind of approach those that are kind of, you know, cause I think we, we, we know for a fact, you know, regulation is coming and there's some things that, are, that have yet to be discovered and trying to govern on 1990 rules in 2022 is just a, you know, yeah. a misstep as a whole, but how are you approaching that conversation? Uh, especially with your background with those that might have a little bit of concern about, you know, what does a DAO mean to them? Um, so, okay. So first of all, like board Becky and Ashley is actually our partner for oh, our okay. first product. So nice. shout out to Ashley. Uh, so yeah, we're doing a cereal partnering. Oh, you're doing board. Oh, I, yeah, I, I messaged me about that. So now we have that connection. Oh, now. Yeah. So yeah, Very cool. that is the cereal we're doing. Uh, and board ape, uh, board Becky is basically on the yep. cover of that cereal box. Um, and then yeah, Fame Lady Squad, shout out to Danielle and all the other amazing ladies there as well. We're going to do a skincare line uh, product with them. Nice. already announced on your anniversary. Um, so yeah, so back to your question on the legal side. So first of all, like I'm not practicing as a lawyer anymore. So none of this is legal <laughs> advice, guys. <laughs> Let me just put a big disclaimer yeah. down here. Yeah, we're good at not legal advice, not financial advice, and do your own damn research. So we exactly. get those out of the way. Exactly. Like I need to put that out there. Um, I can share what our council has told us and, you know, just kind of like common knowledge. So uh, in terms of the DAO, yes, it hasn't really been recognized as a legal entity in most of the states. And I would say most of the countries, just because it's such a new concept. Um, But in uh, Wyoming, it has been recognized um, in the states. So that is one um, state you can check with your lawyer to see okay you know would it make sense for you to set up a corporation there um, a common practice of what people do is you set up a you know normal corporation so in Canada it's called a CCPC a privately owned corporation uh, I'm sure you know in the US you can set up one in Delaware that's very simple yep. and then you can have a DAO that's separate from the corporation and then you can have an agreement between the two right so um, a lot of the uh, voting and decisions are being made by the DAO, which are basically being made by all the different community uh, members in your community. You know, it could be like a thousand all over the world. But then um, the corporation would also govern certain aspects as well. The corporation would have, you know, the minute book. It would have the charter. It would kind of set out these are our guidelines. And then the specific decisions are being made by the DAO. So that's a very common setup to have that structure. Um, But yeah, I would say just check with your lawyer in terms of, you know, um, I think the different things to consider here, one is limited liability, 
you know, as a director or as a, you know, someone who's heading this project, obviously you want that shield of limited liability. And so having the right structure is going to give you that. So uh, check with your lawyer to see which state has the best protection for that. Oh, I love that. I mean, tax rate as well. <laughs> that's, I mean, you hit that. I mean, that's, and I think that, you know, for those that are, are concerned, I think that's, you know, great advice across the board. I think, you know, um, we have to think about, you know, like that in, you know, we have to constantly be innovating and also constantly be aware of, you know, regulations and things that are, are happening. And, you know, unfortunately, there's going to be one or the first couple that are going to, you know, establish new, you know, law, new governance. Uh, and we see that happen, you know, in all different spaces. So I think, you know, as we're kind of playing in this area, it's definitely something uh, that's important. And I had to pull back. So it was actually episode 82. So this is episode 305. Uh, episode 82 is when I had board Becky on. So uh, oh, you know, it's kind of okay. fun. It's kind of fun that we're, we're, uh, you know, book get ending and, you know, it's no surprise. Like uh, I know our audience will laugh because for me, you know, people that, you know, share a common purpose and passion for, you know, things that I care about are people that we have uh, on as guests. So I love when I like, there's so much synergy uh, in partnerships and, uh, and in different ways that, uh, you know, I think are, are exciting. And I'm curious from that, that approach, right. The, there are a lot of partners, there's a lot of DAOs that want to create partnerships. They want to um, build that rapport. They believe in collaboration. Mm-hmm. But for many of them, they've never been a business before. And the art of collaboration or partnership is extremely foreign. Can you talk a little bit about how some of like, are you guys approaching partnerships? Or even maybe if someone's listening, they have a software company, they have a uh, maybe a product mm-hmm. or service, and they want to get involved. What are some of the things they need to be thinking about if they would be, you know, want to approach you as a, as a kind of a, a future partner? Yeah, and that's a great question as well. So I think this whole space, the whole Web3 space, it's all about collaboration. Like everything is very open. You know, we have a light paper that kind of writes out all our beliefs, our values, how we do things. So it's all very transparent. Um, And then when we think about partnerships, so for example, so we're actually doing a uh, Genesis NFT launch next month. So this is going to be limited edition. There's only going to be 500 of them. And the whole idea is we want to reward people who are early adopters in our community. And so, you know, this is going to be uh, relatively inexpensive, just 0.25 ETH, so about $400. And what it does is it will get you that um, 30% off when we do launch our main DAO NFT. Um, So maybe I can explain that a little bit first because that will tie into the partnership. So if you think about a GMG and DAO, think about it like a um, a parent company, right? So it could be like Coca-Cola. And Coca-Cola would own a lot of different brands underneath it. So, I mean, I I don't actually know all the different brands, but um, so every single brand you can think about like a DAO, and we call them like sub down, so kind of like subsidiaries. Right. Um, so if you own a uh, NFT, so the NFT is your membership in these DAO. So at a parent level, the parent NFT uh, DAO, there's going to be 5555. That's the total amount of NFTs or membership in this DAO. And everyone who holds a NFT in this DAO, they're going to automatically get a NFT in each of the sub DAO that we're going to launch. And we're going to launch a hundred of these. So this is not just like a one-off product. There's going to be a hundred different brands that's owned by the community. And every time we create a new one, one of those holders are going to automatically get airdropped a NFT for that sub-down. And so for the sub-down, it's kind of like that board ape and uh, mutant ape model, right? right? So this way... We can ensure that every single time we create a new sub DAO, there's going to be enough 
community support behind them because all the people in the previous DAOs uh, that's already automatically get airdropped, they now can support that new sub DAO. So this whole model, we spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, token economics. How do we really align the incentive between all the different stakeholders, right? right. The stakeholders being the DAO, the DAO members, the product vendors or brands, and then also the consumers. So how do we set things up in a way that everyone will win? It doesn't matter who you are in this ecosystem, you're going to win. Like that's the best way to ensure that everyone is in um, to push this forward. So tying back to the partner um, vendors that we're looking at. So for this Genesis Mint, we're going to reach out to five different partner communities and, you know, basically allocate a certain portion because it's so limited edition. We're only allocating a certain portion to our partner community. And, you know, we already have a lot of relationship with our partner communities because so we were at Bitcoin Miami, we're at NFT New York, we're at the Dow NFT. So I think these, you know, IRL events or conferences, honestly, is the best way for you to meet other projects to talk about things. And people like that, you know, face to face interaction still, especially this day and age, right? Where meetings every day. So um, because of these um, interactions, where they have a lot of, so, you know, our relationship with Fame Lady Squad, our relationship with Anchi Monkey, like those were all established through these events and through personal connections. But then the other communities we're reaching out to, um, a big part of it is if you're already in their Discord or in their Dell or hold one of their NFT, it's just that much easier. So, for example, I'm a big fan of Friends with Benefit. I went to their oh, events yes. in New York. And they're like, honestly, they're awesome. They're all like artists, creative people, you know, who are not really here for the money, but we're here for the passion and the vision. So that is a great community. So what we do is we put together this partnership proposal plan. It's just a one pager. It's very Mm -hmm. simple, but it lays out clearly. It's like, here is the benefit you're going to get by partnering up with us and by getting this NFT, Genesis NFT. And here's our ask. And so when we reach out to them, it's very simple. It's very straightforward. So I find that is the best way in terms of partnership to uh, just like know the value you're adding and also your ask very clear, have that as a one pager. And then when you reach out to the people, like that's just the best way for them to understand. And then you set up a quick phone call and then you talk about it and then you see their feedback and then you change anything that needs to get changed. I mean, I think it's amazing advice. I think for all those listening, right? I think it's that it's the kiss model. It's not, you know, keep it simple, stupid, right? Yeah. You know, when it, when it's too confusing or there's too many, you know, variables, not only does it become overwhelming on all sides, but I think we oftentimes lose that, you know, the power of collaboration is it has to be mutually beneficial, right? And that mutually beneficial component is usually, you know, best conveyed through, you know, the simplicity of our, of our messaging. So I love that, that point of that. Uh, we'll include, you know, uh, the links in the show notes uh, for all those that are listening. Uh, if, if the Mint is before uh, November 11th, then we'll have to uh, try to get it included on, in our, on our Mint 365 collection. But uh, Maggie, thanks so much for, for joining us on the, on the podcast. Is there any last words or last things that you want to leave our audience with? Um, I would just say, yeah, our website is gmgnsupply.co. Uh, check it out. We have like amazing advisors and also a lot of press. Uh, so it'll give you more of a understanding of the mission we're on. 
And then for those listeners, yeah, like I'm very happy that everyone's digging so much into it. Just join um, a side project or doubt. Honestly, it's the best way to learn. And, and also thank you, Brian. And thanks, Drew, for the intro. Happy to be here. Yeah, no, excited to have you on here. Yeah, shout out to to Drew Cohen, who uh, on the back end there is is making a lot of our our partnerships and things happen. And uh, actually, funny enough, you know, we're record the day we're recording this. Actually, we had uh, you know brought in uh, the conversation on uh, you know Drew and I actually met four years ago at a HubSpot inbound event uh, in person. So it actually taps into uh, what you exactly were saying that the power of you know in person relationships and and handshakes. Uh, can't be really undervalued or understated because that's actually how uh, Drew and I met back in 2018. And then we got to work, start working together last year. So uh, yeah, Maggie, thanks so much for joining us. We will make sure uh, you know that your links are in the show notes. You know, For all those who are listening, we mentioned you know, in-person events. Of course, our sponsor is the Crypto Business Conference. It's happening in October in beautiful San Diego, uh, California. You can check them out at socialmediaexaminer.com slash NFT. 365. And I will leave you kind of with this. It kind of builds beautifully on what Maggie shared. Like, I truly do believe the future of innovation is collaboration. And the beauty of collaboration in Web3 is there are no borders. There is no need for a hierarchical system. We can truly kind of reinvent the way that we can approach business, approach community, and even approach collaboration. Maggie gave us a lot of that blueprint. Now the question is, who's willing to take the action? So until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. Ohio! (laughs) Great Japanese listeners. There you go. Perfect. Cheers. (laughs) Of course, as always, definitely want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Crypto Business Conference. It's getting exciting. We're actually, the the countdown is getting closer. We're planning some meetups. I'm finalizing some of my slides. And it's going to be a, a lot of fun. You know, single track event. Really looking forward to you know meeting so many you know great people there. We have great leaders on the stage. Uh, really, some great topics around you know metaverse, creator coins, you know even breaking down you know kind of that role uh, of crypto and and the different components within NFTs, even building your own NFT project. So if you want to check that out, you know do me a favor, jump over to socialmediaexaminer.com/nft365. And until tomorrow, make it a great one. Cheers. The Mint 365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always, the show is over.